even though I am part of a broken family, now I can still be a whole person because I'm his daughter and he is my father. He reminds me over and over again that my identity is in him and that he is my ever constant, never changing father who will never break a promise, who will never walk away, and he will always be a steady, safe place for me. Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday women share stories of hope found in Jesus. I'm Robin, and I am here with Katie and Lindy, and we are your podcast hosts. Today, we are bringing you a story from Andrea Fortenberry, who lives in Arizona, who lives in Phoenix. And I have known her really through the podcasting world for a couple of years because she has a podcast herself called The Perfectionist Guide to Mothering. Oh, The Perfectionist Guide to Mothering. So we will uh, put a link to that in the notes below. But she's bringing us a really unique story today that we've never had before, which is walking through her parents' divorce as an adult herself. Yeah. And you know, Robin, this story in particular spoke to me because my parents divorced, you know, after I graduated from college and it was very difficult walking through that. So there's so many things that she said that I was like, oh girl, I relate to what you're saying. But before we get into her story, I do just want to say to someone who maybe has had a divorce or maybe your parents divorced or they're walking through that right now, God is a God of redemption. And so any story he can bring wholeness from, and I just really want you to clearly hear that as you listen to her story, because yes, there's struggles that she walked through because her parents divorced, but there's hope because of Jesus Christ. And so I just want you to hear that as you listen to her story. And I can't wait for us to discuss it at the end. Absolutely. And also y'all summer's coming. So if you are looking for a Bible study this summer, please check out When God Shows Up, Discovering God and Stories of Hope. We are so excited. So many people have given us feedback that this is a great study, not only to do as a small group, but also you could do it personally. So go to our website at storytellerslive.org and check it out. Buy a copy today. And also this summer, this August, we are launching our second Bible study, Discovering God and Stories of Freedom in our When God Shows Up series. So look for that as well. Here's Andrea. I'm Andrea Fortenberry. I am married. I'm the mom of a teen and a tween. I currently live in Phoenix, Arizona, but I grew up in New Mexico with my parents and I have a younger brother who is two years younger than I am. I am definitely a firstborn person type A, which means that I really grew up trying to please my parents and be a helper in our family. I loved being a big sister and I just have so many good memories of being raised in my family. And my dad was in the military. So that means that our family of four was stationed overseas for several years. And then we just did a lot of traveling together. My dad had other jobs outside of the military where we traveled. And so I have great memories of us encountering new situations and cultures and doing a lot together. Throughout a lot of my life, I have struggled with fear and anxiety, as I think a lot of people do. And when I was in my early 20s, I was newly married and I would often have this fear of losing my parents that one of them would suddenly pass away or both of them, they were actually living overseas again, like right after I got married. And so I just had this kind of nagging fear of what would I do without my parents? And the thought just really frightened me of the potential of having to live with a loss like that. Thankfully, that never happened. And my parents are still part of my life today. But it's interesting that back when I was dealing with that fear, it never occurred to me or I never the possibility never came up that 
the actual fear I could have of loss might be the loss of their marriage or my parents not being a couple anymore. It just never seemed like a possibility. It never crossed my mind. But one day in 2016, about six years ago, when I was 33, now I'm 39, but back when I was 33, my parents very suddenly separated. And I knew their marriage wasn't perfect because no one's is, right? I've been married a long time myself. So I know that. I know that their marriage had its issues just like everyone else's, but this separation really caught me by surprise. And I really thought, you know what, it's going to blow over. Maybe they just need a break from each other for a couple of days and then things will go back to normal. But a few days turned into a few weeks and it turned into a few months and they were still living apart. And at this point, I really fell into despair and started grieving what was and what potentially could happen in the future. How how would I survive if my parents' marriage didn't survive? How would I tell my kids who at the time were four and seven, how would I tell them what was going on? I also really questioned my identity. Like, who am I if my family isn't whole? Who am I if my parents aren't together? So this really shook me to my core. I was questioning my identity and significance and purpose. And just thinking about the fact that things potentially would never be the same was just really hard to bear. And just living in that waiting space of not knowing what was going to happen. I know that we commonly hear about this, or if you have experienced divorce when uh, you were a child, like very often a child will think that it's their fault, right? Like kids just kind of take that on themselves, but being an adult child, when this happened, is just kind of an interesting paradox because yes, you are an adult, but you are also a child. And in a lot of ways, I felt like a child, like I would, I would just feel kind of helpless and not know what to do at times, but then I took on my helper role and I knew it wasn't my fault, but I felt like it was up to me to try to fix things. I became the willing go between sometimes between my parents. I tried to discern how I could help, what I could do to communicate to my parents that would help them reconcile, that would help them identify things they each needed to work on that they could bring together. And I really tried hard to hold things together. And I tried to also be the manager of everyone's feelings of how they were feeling, how I was feeling, staying in touch with my brother and seeing how everyone was feeling. And often I was exhausted and depleted trying to hold all of that together so that my parents could work through their problems. It's very similar to being on a roller coaster. If I really think about that, like one moment things would look hopeful and there would be signs that maybe they could work things out. And then, you know, a day or two later, the following week, like we're just going downhill and it looked there was no hope. And I would often cry myself to sleep, like sobbing, cry myself to sleep. And there were also some days when I didn't want to get out of bed because this was such a huge ripping really is how I could think about it. Like if you have a thick book, right? Like a chapter book, my life had had 33 chapters, 33 years of living with my parents married. And it just felt like someone was ripping them all the way down. And when you try to rip something that thick, it's not an easy rip, right? Like it's just like this painful tearing. And that's really one of the best ways I can think of to communicate what it felt like. Thankfully, about a year or two before this happened, I had started seeing a counselor for just some of my own issues. And so I think it was divine timing that 
I was seeing her before my parents had separated and was able to walk through that with her. And I'm so grateful that God led me to her and that she helped me through this time. And I mentioned about not wanting to get out of bed or just feeling like a cloud was over me for these couple of months that turned into years. And sometimes I just felt so discouraged or not wanting to read my Bible or turn to God in some of those ways that, that we can through his word or just sitting in prayer. And, and I prayed a ton, but sometimes it just felt so heavy. And one of the ways that God really spoke to me during this time was through Christian worship music. And I had a playlist that I would listen to a lot. And sometimes again, when I was just crying so hard, like it would be a song that would come on that would just remind me of God's peace and presence. And it was the music that very often would bring me back to him in those times when I was hurting. And unfortunately, despite my very best efforts at managing everyone's feelings and praying for the best things with my parents did not change. Their separation lasted two years and it finally ended in divorce and it was devastating. It has been a pain that I've, I've never felt. It's been unlike anything I have ever felt or a loss that I've ever had in my life. And it's been interesting having to navigate this journey again, being a child, an adult child, but then also being a mother and figuring out how to lead my kids through this experience. And I mentioned that my kids were four and seven at the time. And I just didn't know how do I, how do I grieve? How do I maybe cover up my grief so that my kids don't feel bad or sad. And, and we ended up not really telling them for about a year because we just thought we could manage that way. And we were, again, weren't sure what was going to happen, but then when the time came when we felt like we needed to acknowledge it, just learning how to grieve in front of your kids and also feel that it's okay to grieve in front of your kids. It's actually a very good thing for them to see that when we experience loss, we should cry. We should feel sad. We should feel these feelings. And so I let them do that in several ways. And even now, years later, sometimes they will still get to see me shed some tears or just feel some feelings when we have new situations come up. And it was very hard to explain the separation, but then especially hard to explain like the final decision of your grandparents are no longer going to be married. And they're going to be divorced. And to answer those questions about why in a way that was appropriate to share with children and to just help them navigate their own, their own grief. And so explaining that whole concept was really devastating and, and hard, not, not something that we often, I think that I often had heard about, like, how do you navigate grief yourself while navigating it as a mom? So that has been something that has changed me and has grown me and stretched me in a lot of ways. A couple of months ago, I actually had a conversation with a newer friend of mine, and she shared that her parents divorced when she was in college. And, and while we were talking, she said that how being a child whose parents are divorced and, and being older when your parents divorce, that it really is like a wound that just festers and it never completely heals. Because, and I agree with her because not only do you experience this actual huge loss, like the finality of like papers are signed, like they're no longer together, but then there are so many new 
phases and changes that come after that. So holidays, like the holidays are not the funnest time for me anymore because I am navigating, okay, who were we with last time? Who were we with this time? Who's going to be alone? Who, you know, again, managing feelings and trying to just navigate this new territory or when your parents start dating and meet new people like that never imagined that I would be in this place, but those are situations that you encounter when your parents are divorced. And so each new phase and stage of this journey really just opens that wound all over again. And it's a constant stage of like, you feel the pain and the grief, and then maybe time goes on and it begins to heal, but then something new will happen or something will trigger that wound to open. Sometimes it's even like looking at old pictures or thinking about past holidays and how things used to be and the acknowledgement that things are not that way anymore and they won't ever be the same. One of the other things that this experience has required of me is to continually forgive. And in each of these new scenarios that we face, forgiveness is required. And not only do you have to forgive for the divorce, which I feel like I have done but it's the impact now, like all of these holidays, changes, different phases. And again, it's, it's usually even just small things that I will feel triggered by sometimes that I realize that I have a choice to make in this. And the choice is, do I forgive or do I hold on with bitterness and resentment? And honestly, like my flesh (laughs) doesn't want to always forgive because it causes, it's just so painful and so hard. And again, it doesn't just affect me, but it affects my kids. And so, but I have a choice to make. And as a woman who believes in Jesus, I know that he tells me to forgive as I have been forgiven. So coming to terms with that is what helps me in the only way that I have been able to survive it really. Um, Yeah. Just focusing on the forgiveness that God has given to me makes it possible. Also thinking about the fact that I want the gospel to be real in my life. And that means that I will experience brokenness. Like I used to think like, I, you know, my family was whole. I didn't come from a broken family, but the reality is we all come from broken families, even with parents who are married forever because we are all sinful and we all have our own brokenness inside of us. And I think that was something else that caught me by surprise is just when you're an adult and your parents split up, like, you know, more, and you come face to face with your parents own brokenness that maybe you didn't realize was there before. So that was something eye opening for me as well. Another constant area of growth has been, how do I navigate the present when I know it's not supposed to be this way? How do I let go of my dreams for what I thought my kids spending time with their grandparents would look like or family vacation or holidays or family pictures? It's a hard thing to let go and release what was and accept now what is to accept what I not, what I wouldn't have desired or chosen, but is my current set of circumstances. So it's being open to holding on to those memories that I have, but then realizing that we're going to make new memories that are very different, but they still can be good memories. We still can have good memories, even though there might be 
new people in the picture and things are different. So sometimes this comes easier than others, but I'm really trying to focus on being grateful for what is and being grateful for what did happen in the past, those good memories that we have and just look forward to the good memories to come. And truly God does work all things for good. And I have seen good things come since this time. Um, but it's just a tricky thing to navigate of holding on to the past and, and looking forward to the future. I was thinking about it yesterday and it's kind of like, you know, when you get a really beautiful bouquet of flowers, some people will dry those flowers and, you know, hold on to them. And so it's sort of like holding that bouquet of like old dried flowers that meant so much to you at one time, but then seeing new flowers grow. And sometimes I'm like, I don't want the new flowers. I want, I want the old flowers. I want what I had before, but just accepting that new flowers are going to come. So I have a choice to make. Do I celebrate them? Do I be grateful for them? Even if they're not what I wanted or thought that I wanted. I'm also grateful that my parents are able to get along and they will come to my kids' activities. And so I'm trying to just focus on the good things again, that have come despite the brokenness, because I know for a lot of people, sometimes that's not the case that you can't, parents can't be in the same room. Like then there's that issue to focus on. So I try to just be grateful. I try to not be the manager of everyone's feelings. Although I do still have that tendency to, to pick that up again, like making sure we're sitting in the right order or making sure nobody feels uncomfortable, even though it makes me uncomfortable to have to do that. So I think just my fixer, like firstborn personality will always fight that tendency of trying to smooth things over and make it perfect. But I've realized that's not my load to bear and a natural consequence of a divorce is that again, there is going to be awkwardness. There is going to be brokenness and it's not my job to protect everyone from that. I have to let people feel their own feelings and I have to process my own. I've also realized through all of this that I need to prioritize my little family and protect my marriage as much as I can. I want my marriage to be healthy. I want to learn how to deal with conflict well and disagreements when things are small so that they don't turn into big things and again, affect my children and my children's children. I want our kids to feel the security that comes from seeing their parents thrive in marriage and just feel safe in our home and not have that, that fear of, will this happen to our parents? So I'm also learning that for holidays and birthdays and gatherings that I love to include my extended family, including my parents, but we don't always have to do that. I think it's, I I've always loved it. It's been some, the way we've done things so far, but again, we're learning a new routine and a new normal. And so sometimes I've had to really give myself permission to do our own thing. And again, not exhaust myself with managing everyone's feelings. I always think it's interesting to sometimes try to explain I'm a child of divorce, but wait, do I say that I'm an adult child of divorce? My parents just got married, got divorced. Like it's a very strange way to describe myself or to explain to someone what my family situation is. So I sometimes don't know how to communicate that well in in this new space. I believe that having your parents divorce at any age is devastating, but I think because again, I had my whole life, my whole 33 to 35 years, finally, when the divorce was final, that they had been together. And so it was just such a huge change, a huge rip. And I feel like as I was going through it, a lot of people 
didn't acknowledge it. I don't know if it's because they didn't know how. I think just as humans, sometimes we don't know what to say, so we don't say anything. And I felt that was the case from a lot of people while this was going on. And then I also think that we might discount how someone feels in a situation like this because they are an adult and because they are older, meaning like, you know, I don't live with my parents anymore. So maybe it's not a really big deal that they are divorcing, but it really is. And so when I, I have greater empathy and like new eyes for people going through divorce, being a child, being an adult child. And I think again, at any age, it's just really painful, but we don't want to discount how an adult would feel because there is a different level of pain and the pain is, is still there. I think we don't want to forget that adults need support too. So again, just acknowledging, like, even if you don't know what to say to someone when their parents are in this situation, just check on someone, ask how they're doing. You can just say, I'm so sorry that you're going through this. That's just one really helpful thing I think we can do for anyone in any sort of change or hard place or a waiting place is just to say, how are you? And I'm so sorry you're going through this. Again, there's like no card we can buy at Hallmark or to go through some of these weird life situations we find ourselves in. But I think just reminding people of your presence and your care, not only while it's happening, but again, years later. So I even appreciate now that on, you know, family members I have, like on either side of my family will ask about how my other parent is doing. Like that has been a sweet way to, to acknowledge to me that I know your parents aren't together and I still care about your other parents. So that has been helpful. Again, I think I will feel the impacts of my parents' divorce my whole life, but when someone does acknowledge that pain or the change, it is just like medicine to me. And so I always appreciate that. I think the thing that I have learned and maybe needed to learn more than anything through facing this situation is that even if your family changes, your earthly family changes in some way, it doesn't change your identity and who you are. God reminded me just in so many ways, again, through music, through the words of someone else, through counseling that in him, I am a whole person and doesn't change my significance or my purpose. If my parents aren't together anymore, even though I am part of a broken family, now I can still be a whole person because I'm his daughter and he is my father. He reminds me over and over again, that my identity is in him and that he is my ever constant, never changing father who will never break a promise, who will never walk away, and he will always be a steady, safe place for me. Andrea ended her story so perfectly, just discovering her true identity in Christ that, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter if our family dynamics change, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what our children do. It doesn't yeah. matter, you know, if, if our marriages change, who we are in Christ is where our true identity mm-hmm. lies and what he did for us on the cross. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to get wrapped up in our identity mm-hmm. and all, yes, mm-hmm. all the things she just mentioned mm-hmm. yeah. from work to kids to whatever. Mm-hmm. And what a huge lesson to learn mm-hmm. um, that really it's not about. If all of that fell away today, who are you still? Mm-hmm. And your daughter of the king. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, one of the things 
when I was listening where I could really identify and relate was this manager of everyone's feelings. <laughs> Again, as women, as moms, as Enneagram 9, to name it what you want. Being the manager of other people's feelings and so-and-so needs to sit here. And it's something that I find myself carrying a lot Mm -hmm. is how other people feel. And so to even the freedom that she found in that through counseling, through others, you know, through encouragement from friends, through scripture, through her husband, she rattled off a list of places where when this would happen, God brought her freedom mm-hmm. through these various mm-hmm. people. You know, it's funny, Robin, because I'm a peacemaker as well. <laughs> yes. So yes, I can totally relate to taking, you know, charge of everyone's feelings and making sure everybody's okay. And let me tell you, I said at the beginning of this story that my parents divorced right after I graduated from college. I literally moved home from college and my mom left my dad. And so I was left home with my dad and it was very, very difficult. And I, I had a lot of anger towards my mom, you know, over that as well. And and I can, I can really relate to what she was talking about as far as, you know, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed that my parents got divorced. I was embarrassed they didn't get along when they were married. And then I was really embarrassed that they, you know, got divorced. And just the pain of figuring out Christmases and, you know, holidays. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was very, very fortunate that God, there was a lot of redemption in my parents' relationship through divorce, because they actually were better friends being divorced than they were when they were together. And so we were able to have Christmases together eventually, and we would go on vacations together. And so it it worked for us. And I think that was the beauty of God's healing, you know, in that as well. And he was able to work through that. Quite honestly, it brought me closer to God. I had questions, of course, for him. But then at the end, it's kind of going back to what she talked about our identity is in Christ alone. That's why we titled this a steady, safe place. He is the only steady, safe place for us. So I hope you heard that in her story. And another thing that I hope you heard that was kind of underlying is just this idea of forgiveness. You know, our parents, sometimes we put them on a pedestal and we think that that they can't do any wrong, but they do. And they need our forgiveness just as much as anybody and else. And then you get to the, your 30s and you realize, oh, wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> That's right. Because you're a parent and you realize how, how much you miss. But because of that, this month, the audio devotion on Patreon is going to focus in on forgiveness. You know, forgiveness is one of the topics in the new Bible study that's coming out in the fall, freedom in forgiveness. And so we're just going to really delve into what forgiveness does, not just for the person you're forgiving, but more importantly, what it does for you and your relationship with Christ. So I hope you're able to get on there and listen to that as well. You know, Katie, before we wrap up, would you pray for us? Would you pray for anyone that has had a family shift, something expected, unexpected, where their family dynamics have just changed? Absolutely. I would love to. Dear Lord, we just thank you so much for Andrea's story. We thank you that you are a God of redemption and healing. And I thank you that you've been able to speak through her of just this concept of you are our steady, safe place. Lord, you are our intimate father alone. And so I thank you, God, for that. And I thank you for the ability to heal broken things. You are you are a God of, of healing. And I thank you so much for that as well. Lord, I just pray for anyone who's listening to the story right now that that's in a place of brokenness, whether it's their, their own marriage or Lord, whether it's their parents or their, whether they're walking alongside a friend, Lord, that you would come alongside of them, fill them with your Holy Spirit, Lord, to let them know that you are present and that if they are willing, if they are willing to open up their hands, that you want to heal them. And so, Lord, again, I thank you for her story. I thank you, Lord, for the ability to bring healing from brokenness. We ask all these things, Lord, in your precious son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Amen. And we hope that you have found hope that if this is something that you've struggled through or have a friend, you know, that struggled through, that Jesus gave you some piece of hope to walk away with today. And if it's not you, but you know a friend that needs to hear this, mm-hmm. that you would pass this story along. That's our biggest desire is for people needing hope in Jesus in a situation to hear these stories and find just that. And so thank you for listening and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.